super awesome guest. I'm so excited about our conversation that's about to happen. You know her from starring on the show Arrow, The Oath, Apparition, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Spartacus, which I want to go into the story of how she got that show, which is an incredible story. Please welcome my good friend, Katrina Law. I was going to say something else and then I held back. Hi, Katrina. Thank Hi, you so how much are for you? coming. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I want to talk about everything. But I want to start off with your first big job on Spartacus because I remember this story. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do remember you were here at the studio Mm -hmm. and you were training here and you got this web series. Yes. Right? A random little web series and people always say, oh, it's a web series. But guess what, guys? Web series are awesome and cool and can be productive as this story is about to be. And so you got this uh, web series and then stars bought the web series yes. and then in a random act of incredibleness <laughs> they were looking for a gorgeous yet androgynous type woman and someone said wait a second what about Katrina Law who is just we just saw her on the on that web series let's have her put herself down on tape and the very next day you got the call you went on tape and you were going on the show yes well the great thing Tell about us. this is I just I, took over the entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> so that basically happened. Um, no, one of the great things that you always said to me um, and my manager always said was work. Just work, work, work. Don't Work don't, begets work. Work begets work. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the credit. Just work. And the great thing about this web series was um, the production team was really great. The director was fabulous. But I did it for free. Yeah. And I was taking off work from Friday and Saturday nights at the bar where I was making my money and my living <laughs> and giving up a lot of money to basically to go do this website for free. And a lot of people that I talked to uh, were basically saying that I was crazy. And I remember you were one of the ones who said, nope, this is what you do. This is how you sacrifice. This work is what begets gets, work. This is what's going to make it happen for you. So eventually stars picked up the series. They ended up reshooting the entire thing. And when they started casting Spartacus, they were looking for their girl in Australia, New Zealand, and England. When they couldn't find her, they decided to open up uh, the audition to America. And before they opened up the audition, the same producers from the web series basically said, hey, why don't you look at this girl, Katrina Law, first before you look at anybody else? And that's kind of how it happened. But it really happened quickly, though. It did. I came back from something I auditioned on a Monday. I got booked on a Wednesday. They told me I was leaving on a Friday for New Zealand for months. And I just remember getting the call saying that I booked it. It was my first big thing and just sobbing hysterically. Of happiness. Yes. Sobbing, sobbing, sobbing of happiness. (laughs) It was pretty cool. uh, And the show has good memories and it has bad memories because unfortunately the lead, he got cancer and he passed. And so then the show was, that was over, right? Well, we... What happened? We, Andy Whitfield, he um, unfortunately did pass away from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, He did give us a blessing to continue on season two because... You know, a lot of people's lives and mm. livelihood depended on it. And we did recast with Liam McIntyre, who was the best person who could have ever have taken over the role. We couldn't have asked for a better human being. Um, and then it went for another two seasons, mm. I think, to maybe two and a half. They did a prequel. Mm. Um, but So, yeah, two and a half seasons, and then, then they called it quits. And then you called it quits. Yeah. But how is everybody, which I know it's kind of maudlin, but it is so traumatic when he was the main person, kind person, giving person, and all of a sudden this happens. So was everyone sort of in mourning the next season, doing the show? Did you feel that? Or um, were you feel like you were 
it was a more positive note. You know, it was bittersweet for sure. Yeah. It's hard to continue without your leader, especially when mm -hmm. the show is based around him. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was definitely a, um, a bizarre divide between the people who knew him and the people who didn't. Mm. So I think the obviously the people who worked with him, we all loved him, and he was fantastic mm -hmm. in everything he on was. screen and off mm -hmm. camera. Uh, so it was a hard loss for all of us, but you know, as I say in show business, the show goes on, and hopefully we did. And you mend your heart, and you carry his memory. Yeah, hopefully and, we did him proud. So and but you know, I'm going to segue on this, and it's just an important note that I want people to know that if you have the ability to, um, to be to to be the, the ability to deal with when someone dies in a healthy manner and move forward, you will live a longer life because it is the circle of life. So mm -hmm. people come in and the people come out. So anyway, so I'm just saying that because <laughs> so, centurions, and this has nothing to do with our thing, but centurions, everybody in their life has died, but they have, you know, have had acceptance of it so they can live. And so that's my note. Just live your fullest life and accept, <laughs> accept, mourn it, cry it, and then carry them with you. But let's move on. So <laughs> it seems like you've been pretty lucky. So you went right from there Let's, I mean, you were training like crazy before this, and then talk to us. Tell us a little bit of your story. Uh, grew up in Jersey, had a dream, came out to L.A., bartended and waitressed for a really long time, kept hustling, taking classes. Um, your class is one of the most beneficial classes I've ever taken in L.A. What? What? So, <laughs> no, like, it's just one of those things. Like I, I recommend to people all the time to take cold reading classes and to – and for me, comedy was always outside of my scope of comfort. So mm -hmm. it was it was a push for me and it was hard. Mm -hmm. um, but again, one of the best notes you ever gave me was that comedy and acting always sits heavy in, in your body. And mm. it's never this light feeling. And it's about grounding, grounding, grounding and finding the, the justification truth. for everything and having it sit in your body. Um, especially for comedy, because I know a lot of times when I think about comedy in my head, when I imagine the scene, it's always very heady and it's light and it's kind of airy, but then if I try to execute it that way, it doesn't work well. It's not organic for you. It's not at you're all. you're deep, intense. <laughs> <laughs> I am a deep, intense person, so I have to find my comedy almost within my stomach and just, it, it feels like it sits heavy. So I feel like for a lot of people who um, were athletes or dancers or came from yeah. that vein, that, that might be a great way of understanding it. It does, but I don't know if the word sits heavy, but sparkles light, what is it? So you have to go for the truth inside. You have to feel the core mm -hmm. of it your true essence of it and then celebrate it yes yes celebrating is a good word I and I always call the difference between um, the heaviest I ever get in comedy is annoyed <laughs> so you never get angry right. or like for someone like you get somebody, uppity yeah I get uppity and I get annoyed but I never right. get angry and you're actually anybody. really good at comedy oh thanks I know well, oh. you're known for drama but you <laughs> are actually really good in comedy okay so what was next um I guess the next big, what was after Spartacus? I, I think Arrow. Yes, which probably, you're still on. Well, yeah, um, they're in their... Tell us about your character. They just wrapped up their uh, seventh season. They're about to go into their eighth and final season. I play Nissa Al Ghul, who is Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Um, she's an assassin from... Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's so much fun. And I've always wanted to play an assassin. <laughs> I feel if like... I was an actor, I want to play an assassin or someone who chain smokes cigarettes. Yeah, you have a good assassin eyes. <laughs> you have like you have right? that, like, little... Like, like evil. The killer... It's I the same look I give to my down. husband. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably agree with me. Um, but no, she's a great character, and uh, I know it's meant a lot to the LGBT community to have mm. her, and it's been great to be um, a spokesperson for them and to, know, to let them know that... 
anybody can be a superhero. You don't yes. have to. You can do anything you want. So it's been a beautiful character to play, and I'm really proud of her. Yeah, um, incredible work. Yeah, incredible, so incredible, incredible work. It's been fun, but she's been recurring on Arrow for six seasons now. Yeah, incredible. It's pretty cool. So how do you do that, and then do the oath, and then do the new series, which we'll talk about shortly? But so how do you? Is the character so different? Um. So going into the oath, there's. Uh, she's a little more bitter, mm-hmm. I would say, than my than my Nissa Algol character, mm-hmm. Karen Beach's. Uh, so the oath is about dirty cop gangs mm-hmm. and how they run, how they survive, how they function in the streets of wherever the show is supposed to take place, which is kind of ambiguous. And uh, she's definitely jaded and seen a lot. hasn't had the best relationship with her mom or her dad. Um, and let me just interject: when you prepare your character, do you personalize these, or do you use your imagination? What's your what's your skill set? Um, I think use? I do a little bit of both. A lot of times, I'll I'll just imagine, and then, like like I was speaking, saying earlier, when I when it's not sitting mm-hmm. in the correct spot in my body, and yeah. I feel like I'm kind of floating through a scene, or there's a line where I'm just saying it mm-hmm. because it was written down for me to say right then I have to personalize it mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes a little bit of soul-searching to find who that person is or what that situation to trigger you yeah mm-hmm. was so um, your combination which yeah. is what I believe in yeah um, I, I feel like a lot of people that I work with are for sure a combination um, I feel like the scope of our lives probably isn't big enough to imagine to interject some of the horrific every, things of yeah, course some of the uh, the things that you have to pull for in acting. You just never know what your situation is. But but you know, the maybe. true sense of yourself is what matters most. So once you know yourself inside and out most, and you can then it's like the branch of the tree. Like your your body is like the tree trunk mm-hmm. and your arms are the emotional life. So everything from the core out and then the imagination in. Yeah. And I think the great thing about acting, uh, which I personally love, is it forces you to be a more open person and to really delve deeper because a lot of times the biggest thing you'll hear is people go I would never I would never say this well it's not about you it's about your Mm. character agreed and it's a it's a search to figure out when would you say this Mm -hmm. and what what would your circumstances or your history have had to have been in order for you to actually say these things and figure it out and then live in that moment sometimes it's a far departure from your actual life so it's it's a challenging exercise, and it really opens you up to a different side of your personality and to understanding other people around you. Incredible. So the oath is now passed. Well, the oath You've is passed. passed. Spoiler alert. Uh, I die. <laughs> so there's that. Wait, so what? She mumbled that. I didn't even hear. Did she say? Can you even say that? I don't even know if you can say that. It's already out there. So spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, I've moved on, and I did pilot season, and I picked up a pilot this year. And so let's talk about. It. Can we talk about what a, the pilot we talk about is? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to get picked up. You don't, don't know, know anything. So tell us what it is, the name of it, the character, the people, the process. So, um, it's for CBS. I think it's called Alive right now. Okay. It was originally called Frankenstein, but I oh, think yes. the rights okay. have been taken for that, so okay. they switched it to Alive. Okay. It's starring Ryan Phillippe. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. You play, what do you play? I play Elizabeth, uh, who is Ryan's wife, mm. and together we try to solve the mystery of how he has come back to life and um, different circumstances that arise from... Amazing. So what was the process for you to get that? And amongst the other, like Spartacus happened quickly, the oath, you had a couple callbacks and a test deal. What about this? Was it one audition and a test? Was it a straight offer? What was it? 
So this pilot season was a little more difficult for me. I just had a baby, so... She did just have a baby, and the <laughs> cutest baby you've ever seen. And if you go on her Instagram, the picture right now that's up, I gave her that little dress. It's the cutest dress the ever. Cutest you have dress. to go see yeah, it. Yeah, it's Go to her Instagram, Katrina Law. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it was the normal process of getting pilots and the craziness and mayhem that is pilot season. Didn't have time to read the, the entire script, so I just went from the sides. They wanted me to... I personally love self-taping just because with the baby and you mm -hmm. know being three months postpartum you're not quite in the shape that you would like which to be. you think that but you look incredible but I, go ahead I paid her to say that <laughs> um, not <laughs> so so basically we went I went in for the audition and you know it was it was a little one of the more challenging ones because the mm. first scene is this cute little like haha we're so cute and adorable and then the next scene was a heavy crying sobbing mm. scene back into a light kind of and you went in order. You didn't yeah. go in and say, I'm going to do this one first and then... No, I think... But she... wait, did you go on tape? You went on tape well, first. Well, this is what I did. I basically went in, auditioned, mm -hmm. and then that what I normally do is I audition and then I self-tape anyway. Oh. Just because I feel like... Because you're a badass. Tell people why. Why? <laughs> and you send it in? I send it in. Especially... I think that is incredible advice and I think everyone listening should make a note of that because you know I say to be courteously aggressive all the time, but if you go in and then you have a backup plan... There's more fuel, there's more power. Yeah, so one of the things I don't like about auditioning, but it is what it is, and that's why a cold reading class is fantastic, is you can only control you. Mm -hmm. And that being said, sometimes you get one take and you're done. Mm -hmm. And that may or may not have been a good take. Mm -hmm. And some, if that's all you get, then that's it. That's it. You don't know what the lighting is. You don't know what the sound quality is. You don't know what angle they're taping you from. So if I go in for an audition, what I like to do is nail it in the room mm -hmm. and then come home retape it control everything in my capability to right. control send it into my manager and then that gives him the tools to be able to go hey what producers do i know what what who from the studio what a little extra can i do to push right. it along instead which of is having incredible. to depend on the casting director who may or may not pass it on depending on whether or not they think you're right for this part mm -hmm. so and that moment that given second with their lighting or mm -hmm. their mental mindset in that moment if you were yeah, yeah. And to be honest, most casting directors fight for you. And if they want you to do it again, they fight for you to do your best take. But sometimes mm -hmm. they don't. The good ones do. The lazy ones, you know, it is. Or they're it is. having a bad day and yeah, they just or don't. Or you just get passed over. Yeah. You never know. It's all out of your control. So that's why doing it, that self-tape is an incredible piece of advice for people. Mm -hmm. So, because you don't have any control. And, right. and even by doing the self-tape, you still have no control. Right. And even... You know, leaving the audition room, you could give the best read of your life and never hear a thing. Right. So you just have to do the work. Yes. Do the work, do the work. You never know. You walk in as an Asian, they want a Latino at the end of the day. They want a white person at the end of the day. They want somebody with thicker hair, bigger eyebrows. Yes. Blue eyes. They want somebody taller. They want a famous person. They want a But you are me. fierce and so. you are specific in your choices. And I've worked with you for years. And every time I work with you, you blow me away because the intensity is there. It's not fake. It's truthful. Wherever that comes from, you have found your channel to pull it through. And it's invigorating and just so sparkly to watch. It's oh, incredible. You. Well, you definitely helped me hone that because I remember thank when I first you. started coming to your studio, you're like, you're kind of all over the place and not specific. And did, we, I don't even remember. I, well, I, I was all over the place and yeah, not okay, specific. Well, so. She said so, so it's so. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, so yeah, and then I basically got a call on Monday and they said that they were really interested in it and thank you for the self-tape. Oh, they saw the self-tape? Yes. my Well, no, they my 
they called, my manager had basically called them to let them know they were sending in, uh, he was sending in a self-tape. Right. And once they got it, they were like, well, thank you for the self-tape. We are really interested in her. And then I didn't hear anything for three weeks. Oh. So did you move on? Do you just like, you kind in the back of your mind, please, 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 <laughs> yes. visualize, actor, visualize? you never quite move on right. because you're always, until you get the official, no, you are, they're moving in a different direction, which are the worst words ever. Yes. Um, you kind of always hold out hope. So right. there was a little bit of hope, but there were also lots of other pilot auditions that were coming through that were keeping me busy, plus a three-month-old. And then... Uh, yeah, that would be the most busy. Yeah. Most busy, most love, everything. So, so then basically on a Wednesday, they said, we want to test you tomorrow. Went in, tested... Oh booked it on Friday they said great you're leaving tomorrow which is a Saturday so it was this whole whirlwind so it was it was a kind of it's amazing though but you do you are I'm sure you're very grateful because it is incredibly hard to book anything yes and to get a bunch of the series that you've had so far is a blessing not that you don't deserve it and not that you haven't worked hard enough but there's other people out there who've worked so hard too so it is just it's it's an incredibly hard process, you know, invigorating yeah. and addicting and you get one and the highs and the lows. Tell us about, have you gone through the highs and the lows? Tell us about, these are some highs, but have there been moments in your life where you felt like, that's it, I'm not going to work ever again? After every job ends. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I didn't work for a year and a half after Spartacus and I went into such a depression um, and... I remember my husband saying to me, finally, after about a year, he's like, are you even having fun anymore? Because the sparkle is gone Mm. out of your eyes. And unfortunately, with the casting process, if you're desperate or if you're depressed and you're not supposed to be desperate or depressed in the audition, they can smell it from a mile away. Absolutely. So what did you do? What was your adjustment? Exercise, mindset, healthy eating, or just F it, I'm going to snap out of it? I, th- I think it's a little bit of the effort process. You just kind of have to go be grateful for what you have, and that's so hard mm-hmm. because you have what you have every day, but you want more. Mm-hmm. So it's having to look at these things and appreciate that you have a roof over your head, that I had a man who loved me and supported me, that I had classes that I could go to and money, that I could, you know, all these different yes. things. And basically just kind of going, if I'm not doing this for the love of it and I'm not having fun, then why am I doing it? And at that point, it was either saying, let's give up or let's go on. And if you go on, you got to be 150% mm. because there's, you can't fake it in this industry. And you went on. And I went on. And then... Um, After that mindset, though, did it change quickly for you, did you feel? Or was it still a little bit longer? It kind of goes back and forth. Um, I, I remember I, I got a series, and I'm not going to name which one it was, but um, I was... Darn. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it didn't turn out to necessarily be what I wanted it to be. Okay. I was I, I was told promised one thing and then it became another thing. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it I just remember looking around and asking some of the women who were on the show and just being like, Hey, am I crazy or am I the only one who's miserable here? Because I'm not happy with the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the two women looked at me and one one was in her forties and the other one is I think in her sixties mm-hmm. and they just looked at me and they said, Oh sweetie, this isn't about work. This is about taking the money and running. Mm. And I just remember thinking... And that kind of stabbed you. I don't know that I'm there yet. I don't yeah. know that I want to just take the money and run. Yeah, yeah. But you have to feel like the material honors your craft. Yes. And what your passion and what your purpose is. Right. And But at the same time, it was a little bit of a snap because I had to go... But right now, the money's being offered. So mm. take the money and run. Mm-hmm. And then they said... And then in the interim, do projects that you love. Mm. So if that's... 
it was so you're one, balancing. It just had to be one of those things where I had where I go. So many people would love this job right now, mm-hmm. and not to say that you can't complain about it or have gripes or have bad days with it, but overall, the general feeling has to be gratitude. And during that time period, I remember not feeling gratitude, mm. and I remember becoming a bitter, cynical person. So mm. what I ended up doing mm. was via Instagram, because you know we need our social media, and personally, social media drives me insane because <laughs> it's just so weird. But I thought, let's let's use this as a tool. So I went and I did 365 days of gratitude. Mm. And um, I remember those posts. Is that why you did that's that? That's why I did it because I didn't like who I was becoming and ah. the mindset that I had in an industry that I was successful in that I had fought so hard to become a success in. And I didn't want to be that person anymore. And I thought, you know, to change a habit because I had gotten into this habit of being a cynical person. Mm. It takes seven tries, isn't that what they say? So I thought, let's just do a year of this. Let's just every day find something. So and there are days where it was really hard to find that find that thing because you're sitting on the couch, you're tired, you're lazy, you're not doing anything. It's raining, you're miserable, and you're just like, well, what's you know what? Let me be thankful that I have a couch to sit on. Yes. And if it's as simple as that, that's what it is. That's what it is. So from there, like I've actually felt a change. And oh, amazing. It is amazing what comes out of it because but this, so the mind, yeah, the mind is everything because you can have one thought of negativity and then you can adjust that thought so quickly mm-hmm. that changes the energy that you're putting into the universe. Not yes. that I'm that spiritual, but I do believe in this because it it is strong. It is an energy that is strong and people mm-hmm. can feel it. Yeah, and but and even who cares who can feel it? It's about you enjoying your short life in this world because it goes so fast yes so you know to enjoy the process i think you did the smartest thing you know because you always have to choose things that you that make you happy Mm -hmm. you know and surround yourself do you feel like you surround yourself by a um a strong um you know force of stability for yourself that feeds you and helps you raise up i have taken many measures in my life to get rid of the negativity whether Mm. that be people situations as much as I possibly can I mean, right you can never control everything but you don't have to let in something that you know for sure is negative if you can avoid it right you don't have to deal with these things you don't have to think this way you don't have to function that way you can change a lot of stuff that people take as a given in you're never life. stuck in anything there's always movement and what's so great about being an actor that you get to have expression all the time. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is even if you're not on a series and you're doing the waitress job or the bartender job, you can work out characters. You could still do artistry in your work. You can do different characters to tables mm-hmm. and serve your drinks differently and really start finding lives of characters. So whether you're on a series or not on a series or doing guest spot or not working, your artistry is what makes you you. Do you agree? I do, I really do. And I also just think it shapes you because a lot of times when you don't have a full life and you haven't had to do the bartending jobs or some version of that and you haven't had to work for it, again, that gratitude doesn't come as easily because you're so used to just getting what you want and the struggle is what makes things so sweet. And a lot of times the struggle is what people want to see in acting, not Mm -hmm. necessarily just the happiness being exuded from you. You've got to be layered up. That's why all the characters that you play are so layered. It's beautiful. No, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, What's some advice that you would give to actors to stay? I'm all about being courteously aggressive and staying on a positive path. What's some advice you would give to them? Find a life outside of acting. Mm -hmm. Find a hobby that has zero to do with acting. Mm. 
for me and my husband, it was hiking. Mm. So we would go on hikes once all over the world. Yeah, well, yeah, we love to travel, but unfortunately, if you're bartending, sometimes you don't have the luxury of traveling. Mm-hmm. But you can go up to Runyon Canyon and you know step around dog poop and do yes. whatever you need to do yes. to make sure you do one thing that is for you, not for your career, not for anybody else in your life. It's just one thing, even if it's just sitting down and reading a book. Mm-hmm whatever it is but you need to have that outlet that has nothing to do with your hopes and your goals and your dreams Um, and then when it comes to um, preparing I remember the biggest problem thing that I had was I came from theater and I always thought oh my gosh if I had like a month how do you if I had a month to prepare I could figure out this character nobody has a month nobody cares we have 24 hours usually (laughs) sometimes you have 30 minutes where they're like we need you in an audition this a four and you're like what so a cold reading class, I kid you not, and I'm not just saying this because I you're don't do cold me. reading classes though. I do, I make sure I don't believe in cold reading. I'm sorry to say, I believe in having that material in hand to have worked on and then to structure and then to bring but it in. But it's close enough, it's close it, enough, it's, it's close enough that it's not, hey, you have a week, you have no, a month correct. to prepare for. And correct. a lot of people who are just arriving to the city are coming from the same background that I was of having a theater background of like weeks and hours and duh, to prepare and you play and like you you do all you're just like you don't have that you just you get the script and yeah, you have to understand the, the text you have to understand the story yeah and I remember I would get a script and I'd be like oh or the sides and being like okay my audition's at 10 a.m. tomorrow but it's 4 p.m. now I have to bartend tonight until 2 in the morning until 2 in the morning yes. so you need to be able to figure out this material quickly and I think these classes are one of the best ways to kind of rip yourself because it's not about teaching you necessarily the basics of acting even though it's teaching you how to accelerate it Mm -hmm. I I think and I think that's a great thing to have Um, and then I think the other thing that's been really helpful to keep me uh, healthy and positive about especially negative feedback is if you consider yourself a widget you will have a healthier outlook on this industry so a lot of people when they don't get a callback when they don't get the job. Oh my God, what did I do? It yes. was me, it was this, da 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 so, No, a lot of times it's because your eyebrows weren't the same shape, the right shape. <laughs> right. It has, you have no idea what it is, but the quicker that you can make yourself a product and sell that product versus making it so personal, the healthier you will be able to fix what you need so to So you're basically saying, so make your strong choices, work, do the best you can in the room, and then next. Yes. And letting it go. Yes, but also it helps you, for instance, when you sing, a lot of people can go, well, they didn't like my voice. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's a separation between mm-hmm. your personal life and you walking around every mm-hmm. day with the voice. And then if they didn't like the voice, you can go, well, what did they like? Oh, I was flat. I was sharp. I didn't pick the right I song. I get you. I didn't do all that. Whereas with acting, they're just like, but it was me, mm-hmm. and I put my heart into it. Well, maybe your beats need to be faster. Right. Maybe you need to not be so angry in a comedy. Maybe yeah. you need to be not so light in a drama. Maybe right. there are things that you can actually fix that if you look at yourself as a product instead of going, but it was just, I put my soul into yes. it. Like, nobody really cares about your soul if it's right. not being executed correctly. Correct. So I think a lot of times if you look at yourself as a product and you go, this is what I did well and these are the things I need to improve upon, there are personal goals that will feed you versus going, mm. I don't understand why I'm not getting cast mm-hmm. or getting bitter because you're not being cast. Mm-hmm. And you can go, well, maybe I do need a new haircut. Maybe I do need to take more classes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to not take as many, whatever it is. Right. So I think if you can look at yourself that way, it's very helpful and a healthier point of view than you being rejected is more your, or being mm-hmm. accepted. Even being accepted mm-hmm. because 
somebody saying that you're doing a great job can be just as dangerous as somebody saying that you're doing well, a bad could, job. Because it could happen in the same room. Yeah. One person can think you're brilliant, one person can go, eh, meh. Yeah. So you can't base yourself ever on what anyone thinks about you. Yeah. So That's just, the key. You become your own product, be what you want to be, and if you're happy with it, then go forward with that. What's next for you? Hopefully, the show. series gets picked up. Do you love this character? I love this character. Uh, it is, what do you love about this character? She is... This character is, um, she's a lot lighter than the past few characters that I've played. Uh -huh. So the last character I played was Karen Beach from The Oath, and she's mm -hmm. a very, very bitter, dark cop mm -hmm. who's constantly trying to outman the boys mm -hmm. and trying to out, you know, do whatever, and is just blah. And then same thing with Nissa. While I love these characters, Nissa's, you know, black and white, cold assassin, learning how to figure out life, whereas this chick is, she's just... She just loves her husband. She just <laughs> loves him. And when he comes back, he's not quite the same. So she's trying to figure out how do I, you know, maneuver, get my, maneuver yeah. and get my husband back. So it's oh. it's a beautiful, like, character who's really well-rounded. And these are the same writers from Elementary, which is a show I love. Oh, And then great. also Medium, which ah. I love that show as well. Okay. So I had no idea. So when do we find out? Tell everybody what happens. So once you get a pilot, things occur afterwards. Tell us that process. So you... Film the pilot, which we just wrapped it yesterday, and then oh. yeah. So <laughs> okay. I so I wasn't working the last day. I came home yesterday, but uh, Ryan was working yesterday. So they just wrapped, and then you basically sit around and <laughs> you wait until the upfronts. And CBS's upfronts are May fifteenth, I think, mm -hmm. and usually you find out anywhere from a week to the day of whether. But or not do they do they know ahead of time at all and say, hey, come on out to New York, the upfronts are in New York, and come out, or they don't do that anymore? It, it depends who it is. Mm. Like uh, CBS is well known for kind of keeping everything tight to the vest and letting you know a couple of days or sometimes even the day of and going, we need you on a plane at 4 p.m. today. Oh, really? So they're that crazy about That's it. That's crazy. Um, where some people let you know next week because yes. they just know. So it depends on what network, what's... Um, what, uh, so we finished yesterday. Now you're gonna sit. What is it? What is it today? Where are we? April. Uh, April. Tenth. Yeah, April tenth. Yep. So, <laughs> so you have about a month. Yeah, I have about a month to wait. Now, do you do you believe in visualization? Do you visualize? Do you bring I the energy? Do, do you? I do. I am. <laughs> I'm a big visualizationer. <laughs> yeah. I call it manifesting. Yes, manifesting. Same thing. Yes. But I'm constantly just thinking about the future and. Let's just manifest planning. it right now. I see it. I feel it. I see her on the show. I like this energy a lot. I do too. So hopefully <laughs> it gets picked up and we have a show and we start shooting it in July and it gets aired and people love it and it and, wins an Emmy. And, and then you live on television. Yeah. Do you want to do stage or film? I would love to do both. Okay. Um, I see you on a Broadway show. I really do. I think it's. I'm really like, intimidated because I've been really? out of the theater game for no, so long. No, I know. But you and the adjustment for actors when you come out of the theater and you have to adjust for TV and film, you have to pull everything so close to your heart. Mm -hmm. And then the adjustment. So you start really large from theater, and then you feel like there's no way I'll be able to pull it in. Then you make that adjustment and pull it in. Yeah. Then you're like, how do I bring it back yeah. out? <laughs> how do I resonate out and be truthful? Mm -hmm. But yes. you can because it's 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 second nature. Yeah. Um, and though in New York the theaters are so little, so you're not even having to. Yeah, you know, it's still intimidating. It, yeah. It's still intimidating to think about doing, but I would love to do it just because it's intimidating. Well, I think we should manifest that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's focus every on listener the show right first. now. Okay, let's focus let's on the show, the show, and then, and then your break, mm -hmm. you'll do a little theater yes. piece. Yes, I would love to do some theater. I would love to do an, a gritty little independent 
all this different that I'd love to do a Marvel movie and, oh, you know every, yes. everything that an actor wants I want yes. I want it all so. of course you want it all and you're gonna go for it and getting it all I'm gonna get it all you are gonna get it all <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast thanks for you guys me. get out there be courteously aggressive go for your dreams go for it big time hey.